Hi all, before we get started, a quick heads up about this episode with Tom Dumoulin. The chat with Tom was recorded before the news came out that his teammate Steven Kruiswijk will not be able to participate in this year's Tour de France, and before Team Ineos made its team announcement. So, unfortunately, we did not get a chance to discuss both matters on the podcast. Enjoy the show! This is Rob Pau, and today in Tour Talks, we're talking to Tom Dumoulin of Team Jumbo Visma about the Tour de France. And welcome back to the Turbo Talks podcast. The cycling season is well and truly on the way, and the sport's biggest stars are already firing on all cylinders, or they are desperately trying to find their top form as soon as possible. Because in one and a half week, it is the start of the biggest race of the year, the 2020 Tour de France. And if the last week of racing showed anything, then it is that our guest for today's podcast will be lining up as one of the favorites. He went 420 days without racing, but after only eight race days back in the peloton, it looks like he never left the front ranks. It's an honor to have him on the show. Welcome Tom Dumoulin of Team Jumbo Visma. Welcome Tom, how are you? Hi. Uh, good. Yeah, I'm good. At the moment, I'm uh, I'm in Tigne uh, at altitude. So I just did uh, Dauphiné and uh, now we're here for the last preparations for the Tour de France. How is the recovery going after that really tough Dauphiné? It's uh, it's now three days ago, and uh, yeah, I have not been uh, training much yet. So uh, I've just been uh, recovering, and uh, we all start uh, some training uh, as soon as as I'm recovered. But because it's been eight really hard days on the bike for you. Um, like we said, we had a, you had a long absence. What was the feeling uh, of those eight race, day, eight race days in Tour de l'Air and the Dauphiné that you kind of like missed most in that whole period? Uh, yeah, I think just uh, just having the adrenaline of racing, just uh, um, and also being on the road with uh, with a team, it's like a, a little bit of a gypsy circus going on, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's 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 special to be part of. So uh, yeah, I missed it. I, I definitely missed it. Uh, we heard the, the the clock ringing in the background, nine o'clock on the Wednesday morning, one and a half week out from, from the Tour de France. Um, <laughs> obviously, from the Dauphiné, some really positive signs. But how are your teammates? Do you have Do you know anything about that? About how Steven Kruiswijk is there going and Primos? Uh, no, not really. Actually, uh, I saw them Sunday. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, of course, uh, Stevie uh, had to go home instead of going to Tigne, which was a bummer for him. Uh, Primoz is here in Tigne, but uh, I have my own apartment with my family at the moment. So uh, we had the recovery days a little bit separated. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, so I, I don't really know, but uh, we go on the bike together uh, today. So uh, yeah, then, uh, then I will hear how it's going on. So at least he'll be seeing a Primoz day and the, the fact that he'll be back on the bike, is uh, he'll take that as a good sign. And for Steven, uh, yeah, a bit unfortunate, obviously. How is that going to change things for you guys as a team towards the Tour de France in the lead-up? Um, well, it's not ideal, of course. Um, we would have liked to have the ideal preparation and uh, to do Dauphiné, end it with a good feeling and then 
uh, work on the la- last details here at Altitude Camp. Um, well, that's not going to happen for uh, for Stevie at least. So uh, it, it's not ideal, but I hope uh, once we're at the start line into Tour de France, uh, we will all three be again uh, very ready for it. But uh, yeah, at the moment, uh, I don't really know if if that's going to be possible. But we uh, we are still with good hopes. And if you then look around uh, in the peloton, because there's been a number of crashes, people having back problems, etc. It seems like you are the only one of all the top favors who is fully healthy at the moment. Uh, yeah, it almost seems like it. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I didn't have any big major problems uh, in the races. Of course, it was strange to be back and also I had some, some days that I didn't feel so great. And now also my recovery takes a bit more more time than it would normally do, I think. But um, yeah, I hope uh, that it will... That these races will will add another uh, yeah another level to my uh, to my shape, and then uh, I hope hope to be ready before the Tour de France. And how is your level now compared to, let's say, when you look back at maybe 2018, where you're doing like the double Giro Tour, or maybe even 2017 when you won the Giro? How is your level compared? What do the numbers say? Uh. Uh, 2017, 18. Uh, I was I was definitely uh, slightly better than I'm at the moment, but uh, it can quickly change. I mean, it was also not not expected that I would be back at that level immediately at the first races. So uh, I definitely needed those races to to step up. And uh, yeah, now it's just uh, recovering, and and hopefully uh, those races will do the job in 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 getting my shape to another level and uh, that's something uh, we hope for and that we also expect but that's something you cannot really uh, uh, guarantee and you mentioned earlier now like these days you're still at altitude and now in between the periods until the Tour de France start you're still working on this last details is that just physically or is that also preparation in doing recons or, or getting more to know about the course etc what does that look like those final details um, actually, the most important detail is just to get another uh, altitude uh, um, thing going on uh, for another week, like uh, a little, uh, in Dutch we say prickle, <laughs> I don't know the English word. Actually. Like the incentive, like a <laughs> stimulus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, stimulus, exactly. Another altitude stimulus, um, which is uh, which is good for uh, to repeat after a long altitude camp in July. Um, and then uh, that is the most important thing and, and for the rest uh, we'll also do another recon of the stage to call the La Loza but uh, we did that already at the last camp so it's it's nothing new but it's good to refresh and when you mentioned like that uh, that stimulus from altitude is that different for you how that works out than it does for maybe someone like Primoz do you, do you respond differently to that and how come riders respond differently to that uh yeah that's a good question uh, i think all riders respond slightly different but uh in my team now uh uh i didn't see so much i mean we responded all all quite the same and all quite well on on the last game so um and we also did a little bit of the uh similar amount of work um so yeah i, I think uh 
everybody is is unique but also all the general uh like uh laws of of, of physics uh yeah count for everybody slightly the same also so um yeah i think we worked hard and we did we did the right work at the last camp and uh, it worked out for for each each one of us and i hope it will will be the same uh, after this camp before the tour finals it's actually a pretty scary thought because I think when you said it worked out pretty well, it's the maybe the cycling understatement of the of the year so far. By the way, you guys are riding as a team with uh, victories everywhere, whether it's in Italy or France. Um, was that sort of like surprising? And how impressed are you by the team at the moment? I'm really impressed. Yeah, um, I expected us to be good in the first races because we all trained hard and we trained all uh, very uh, methodically. Um, and and the team really pushed us hard to, yeah to to, yeah to work actually hard um, during lockdown, um, and we all did, and uh, and and I saw the level at in July was really high, um, but to be this good and to be dominating races like we did uh, the the past couple of weeks, that is something I didn't really expect. And what's the feeling then on the bike in the race when you see sort of like see it happening and when you're witnessing it from the front row that you're dead dominant? <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's a really nice feeling. I mean, uh, it's it's really nice to be part of uh, of such a strong team. Um, yeah, it's it's something I never experienced before. I was in I was in a strong team before, but not not uh, not this strong, not this dominant. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool. And then when in the race, when you compare it, I mean, you see other competitors maybe uh, maybe struggling, um, maybe Ineos wasn't as strong as you thought it would be. How do you look at that towards the Tour de France? What kind of improvements can other teams still make to close that gap to, towards you guys? Is that still possible? Um, well, normally I would say no. If, uh, if you're not at the level now... Um, in Dauphiné two weeks before, then I don't expect uh, I don't expect them to be suddenly really ready uh, in the Tour de France. But never say never. Um, so uh, yeah, that's something I, I, I cannot I cannot look into their cards, of course. But uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, we are definitely a step ahead of them. That's for sure. And a lot of people, obviously, the, the fans watching, maybe commentators, everyone was talking about like the battle between you guys and Indias. Did it feel like a battle in the race as well? Did it feel like some maybe even like mental games were being played in the peloton between you guys? Or nah, not really. Maybe a little bit in Tour de Lain because that was a race that uh, that it was really us against Ineos. But in Dauphiné, so many strong contenders uh, competed in that race that. Uh, uh, that it was really not uh, Ineos uh, against uh, Jumbo Visma uh, or something like that. Do, do you guys enjoy it as a team, that bit of competition or the bit of like sort of like pressure that's then being yeah, sort of like put on to you by the by the general public? Or yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's uh, we also uh, we also see what uh, Sky and Ineos did the last couple of years and that they won the Tour de France every year and. Uh, we really feel a, a bit like uh, we are their main contenders this year, and 
yeah, that's uh, that's that's of course a nice uh, that's a nice feeling, and it gives us uh, motivation and energy. And, and when you look ahead to this Tour de France, because because um, the start of the Tour de France immediately is going to be full on. It's not just a couple of flat stages first. Immediately there could be time caps coming up. Is that mm-hmm. um, something that you pay extra attention? to those first couple of stages in, in your preparation? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I think uh, the weight of the race and, uh, and uh, the, yeah, the the biggest gaps will still be made in the third week, um, which is really hard. And of course, this Tour de France is hard from the beginning, but uh, um, and it's, it's, it's a case of not losing uh, too much time in, the, in that first half of, of the Tour de France. But... Um, it's also not uh, if you're in good shape, then uh, then you're not going to lose minutes there, um, maybe seconds. And uh, in the last week, it will be about way more than seconds. But of course, I mean, uh, I don't like to lose a few seconds in the first week. But if it's <laughs> if it's if it's like that, uh, it's it's more important to be good in the third week still, even with the hard start. And how much does it help when you're seeing, like in the Dauphiné, you're already going up the Madeleine and in the Tour de l'Air, you have that uh, that finale to the Grand Colombier that you already do. Uh, does that help in the preparation to know what to expect or as sort of like a reminder what to expect for what's to come yeah, in the definitely. Tour? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to uh, to know the stages a little bit, to know the climbs. Um, you can never know all of them. Um uh, and it's maybe also not necessary, but it's 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 nice to know most of them. Yeah. What do you pay attention to in, in doing those recons of those climbs, or maybe trying to memorize stuff of it? Uh, yeah, just uh, where it's steep, where it flattens out. Uh, if you know it's good, if you're hurting and you're struggling, and you know it's just steep for another kilometer, you you might hang on. Um, you might fight on to to get to the flatter part. Um, and, uh, but if you don't know that it's, uh, that it's uh, flattening after one kilometer, you would maybe uh, go your own pace already, uh, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's tactical choices that you also make on a climb. Uh, um, and it's good to know, uh, it's good to know the climb. Do you also at that point, maybe when it's get really tough and you mentioned like, you know, it's one K to go, uh, what's the mental game that's going on inside of your head? Do you have some certain self talk to, to keep you positive at that moment or how does that work in your head yeah definitely uh i always try to um to try to remind myself that uh that i just need to give everything to the line everything that i have and that i only drop uh, if it's really not not possible anymore um and that uh yeah that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll draw conclusions after the finish. <laughs> and you mentioned for that Tour de France, that third week, uh, the one that's going to be crucial. And do you then in particular mean that final time trial of the Planche de Belleville? That's also, yeah, normally it's going to be a crucial stage. Um, of course, and nobody knows uh, what the standings in the gcr by then um maybe it's not crucial at all and uh and the leader is uh four minutes ahead but uh normally it's going to be definitely a crucial uh, day and uh yeah it's something uh that i of course really enjoy and like uh, that uh, that day what type what type of, of what kind of uh, time differences 
are still possible to yeah to disappear or to make up on a day like that at the end of a three week tour and then that time trial uh, if you're talking between uh like a, a good time trialing gc rider having a good day <laughs> <laughs> and a bad time trialing gc rider having a bad day it could mean uh two three minutes definitely yeah so, so if you were like three minutes behind, let's say, uh, randomly uh, Mika Landa on on that Saturday, mm. then Mika Landa's got a really big problem. Uh, n- no, not necessarily. Normally not, but uh, if he's uh, if he's really tired and I'm really uh, feeling great at that at that day, then it could still be close. Yes, I think. And you guys already did a recon of that of that time trial. Is it something that you might even consider, uh, like uh, some people did in the World Championship in Norway, to do a, a bike swap, to change bikes on mm-hmm. the bottom of there, the climb? That could be an option, yeah. Okay, so you have already <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 we definitely thought about it, and I think everyone thought, and uh, some will change, some not. I know my decision, but uh, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't expect it to, but at least uh, it was interesting to hear your thoughts on it anyway. Um, so in these two weeks, I, I know you, I think you're kind of like no for being a master at, at peaking at the right time and kind of like knowing what to do in those uh, weeks in between, like you did in between the Giro and the Tour as well. Is, is that something that like a, a secret for you personal? Is that something that you discuss with the team as well to know like what works for you best? Or how did you go about it this time, maybe in a new environment? Um, actually, uh, I'm, I'm having a lot of talks always with my trainer, Mathieu Heibourg, and he's the one uh, making the training schedule and also uh having most of the knowledge about it <laughs> and i also have my feeling of course uh, that's uh things we yeah that i still need to listen to my body um and uh yeah that worked in the past definitely worked in the past i was uh, like you said uh most of the times that i wanted to be good i was good um and i hope it will work out again this year okay We'll trust you on that then, and hopefully uh, that will happen. <laughs> um, I want to move on to the Turbo Talks fan question. Uh, we always have on the podcast the fan questions coming in for our guest, and obviously with guests like yourself, a lot of questions coming in via our text and Garmin social channels. And we got a question coming in from Ed Cycling Data, and he wanted to know who's going to be uh, Jumbo's director sportif in the tour, and how are your uh, experiences with persons? Um. It's actually always uh, three or even four uh, directeurs sportifs that we have in a in the in the Tour de France, but the uh, first uh, sports director is going to be Grisha Nierman. He was uh, he was also a sports director in Tour de and Dauphiné, and second is going to be Arthur van Donger, who was also there in Tour de and Dauphiné as second uh, sports director. So he's driving second car then, and he's making the logistics plan. And Grisha Nierman is going to be our main coach at, at that race and also making the yeah, tactical plan and, and communicating with us uh, most of the time. Um, and then also Marijn Zeeman will be there and Frans Maasen will be there. 
and, and for you being in a new environment and Grishao being there in Tour de Lé and uh, Dauphiné, is, is that sort of like enough time to get used to each other or what to expect from, from him? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was uh, it was valuable races that we did together with the tour team and also with the tour sports directors and everything. Um, it was good to, yeah, because of Corona, we didn't really race together. Um so that was really necessary and uh, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. And uh, Grisha is really, uh, yeah, somebody, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I found out <laughs> already in those two races that he's, he's an amazing sports director. So that's, uh, that's definitely very, val- very valuable. And what are the things that like a sports director, what, what sets him apart already that you notice that he, that he's really good at it? Um, for sure preparation so uh, Grisha always knows the parkour and everything around it uh, by head <laughs> and also uh, um, communicating with us he's uh, he's really good at that um, and yeah during the race uh, we we just get information all the time through our radio uh, about what's coming up about how long the climbs are uh, where the hard parts of the climb are um how the downhill is is it tricky or is it pretty straightforward uh things like that uh where uh where we have guys standing with bottles on the side of the road to to take that and uh yeah it's all it's all little things added up um into uh into making a change at the end okay cool info um before I'm going to wrap it up, I want to do a couple of uh, uh, rapid-fire questions. So just uh, short questions and uh, just for you a short answer. Are you up for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If you have to choose between the Alps or the Pyrenees? Alps. <laughs> that came out quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that because I don't, why is that? I just like the Alps more and better than the Pyrenees. I don't, I'm not really a fan of the Pyrenees. Okay, there's not a lot of Pyrenees in this tour, so that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Probably then. Okay, uh, then maybe a, a local one. Um, after, let's say after this uh, tour and after this season, it's a bit of off-season. What would you prefer to get as a as a snack? Would you go for Suvlees or uh, Rijstervlei from your local bakery, Smets? <laughs> Rijstervlei. <laughs> okay. For the people uh, not familiar with the Dutch language, that's a sort of like a, a rice pudding cake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And zuurvlees is like um, uh, it's like meat that which has been cooked really long in uh, vinegar, uh, vinegar and sugar. Actually, it's, it sounds disgusting, but it's not. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, what is the most weight that you have gained in an off season? Or during, or maybe in that time of absence, just two kilos. Oh, wow! Yeah, I don't, I don't gain in the in the winter. Okay, and, and what's race weight? Uh, around seventy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last one, because obviously with the Tour de France coming up, there's a lot of uh, fantasy games going on and people selecting riders. Um, do you have one hot tip for everyone selecting their their uh, their tour squads for which rider to include in their uh, fantasy team? <laughs> uh, uh, Primoz Roglic, but that's not really a hot <laughs> tip, I think. 
No, uh, um, I thought Guillaume Martin was uh, doing pretty well in uh, in uh, Dauphiné, much better than uh, than in the past. Okay, yeah, he definitely made an impression. Ended up on the podium, even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, good pick, people. Guillaume Martin. All right, uh, Tom, we're going to leave you to it, leave, get you some more recovery and rest in before you pick up that uh, final bit of training ahead of the Tour de France. Thank you very mm -hmm. much for your time. You're welcome. It's much appreciated. Uh, and people uh, who have been listening, thank you all for tuning in again. And you know the drill. Subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And as always, make sure you never stop cycling. This was Rob Bau with Tom Dumoulin of Team Jumbo Visma. Stay tuned for the next Turbo Talks.